Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm Matt Golden. And this week we're talking about sex criminals. Yes, there's going to be all the talk of uh, earmuffs, penises, vaginas, intercourse, and all the penetration. Yeah, this will be our most explicit episode by a wide margin. So if you are under the age of 50, please turn off your listening device now. Please shut down your podcast app and... Go listen to a more wholesome podcast. Which is fine, because really we're aiming for the 70-plus demographic. Yeah, that's really our target market here. Our bread and butter. Yep, that's they're our, uh, our heaviest listeners. They're the, our most devoted fans. So, Sex Criminals is a comic put out by Image, written by Matt Fraction, and drawn by Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, it is, Alex. Um, Matt Fraction of Hawkeye fame, and Chip Zdarsky of... As of now, Spectacular Spider-Man. They're both doing great things with Marvel and and with Image, obviously. Yeah, and Zarsky, I'd like to mention, also wrote a Ron Howard the Duck that I loved. Almost it's every pretty dang great. Good. Yeah, but I just want everybody to know, if you are still listening and haven't turned it off yet because they're like, oh, they're talking about comic books, don't worry. There's lots and lots of funny sex talk coming up, and Alex will say the word penis literally 50 times. No more. No less. <laughs> it was on the nose. It's going to take a lot of editing for me to get it right to that. He might just say penis like 20 times at the end just to make up for it, but we'll see. But the book is essentially about people that have abilities, and but it's not your run-of-the-mill superhero or even metahuman or super-powered beings. For our protagonists, John and Susie, whenever they climax, they stop time, and they can run around uh, and manipulate it how, how they want. For you uh, delicate people out there who do not know what climax means, he means orgasming, coming, jizzing. I was talking about like the peak of a story, whenever they're reading a story yeah. and whenever they get to that I great moment. That. Yeah. Sadly, however, that is not the case. They can't just read and stop time. That would be way less cool. It would not be a good comic book. So actually, for all you listeners out there, Alex and I have recorded a Sex Criminals podcast once before this is our our second run at it so hopefully we're really really good by now we did it once and the the sound quality was complete fucking shit so hopefully this one works better yeah it went to our hall of dead podcast where many have gone to die yeah uh maybe if you're lucky and you ask really nicely in an email or something we'll send you a copy of that really shitty podcast that we did yeah i guarantee you and people were thinking it's like so what how bad is it that they didn't put it out no, I thought it was actually when after we recorded it, I thought to myself, this is one of the best fucking things that we've ever done. Like I felt accomplished with myself and then of course the quality was just bullshit. And it's only been downhill from there. It really has. So my girlfriend has now seen me reading the entirety of Sex Criminals twice, uh, basically to get ready for this podcast. And she just happened to ask me, she's like, So how much like I explained to her the premise and everything, and she was like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, how much sex is there in there? Because she looked over and saw some some full-on penetration happening. And from now on, all sex will be termed full penetration from here on out. And I said, there's roughly 90% sex, 10% crime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the criminal part is really the, the undersold. If, yeah. if you're like, I like criminals, 
this is I'm gonna not pick the this book up. for you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might be, but it, it's going to come in doses. Uh, that reminds me of my favorite cover for the entire series. Uh, there is an, a cover for Sex Criminals where they took a cover from the book Criminal, uh, the wonderful crime noir story by my boy Ed Brubaker. And Sean Phillips. Who does excellent art on it. And they just added an S at the end and a, a sex on top of it to make it a sex criminal's cover. Fantastic job. And paste it over the character's face. Yeah, they did. one a, of their characters. They did a very crude copy yeah. paste of one of their character's faces over the person's face on the on the cover. It's brilliant. But you mentioned that you reread it again to prep for the episode. And I, I mean, really, rereading anything is not bad necessarily. But I liken this book to a show kind of like The Office, where it's something that you can just watch, in this case, read time and time again. Because it's that enjoyable, and you'll find new jokes each time you reread it. I definitely found new jokes, but I don't know how. Like, if I can read this thing like 30, 40 times, like I can watch The Office 30 or 40 <laughs> times, I think I'd probably get a little bored. No offense, this is an excellent book, but 30 or 40 times for any book is a little a little much for me. See, I think it's one of those things that like makes this book special. There's a lot of background jokes that in the art that I didn't pick up on, like on first read. But then you reread it and you're like, that joke is absolutely amazing. It's not a book that you read quick because there's a lot of uh, sexual innuendo hidden in the pictures. So you really have to take your time with Zdarsky's art there. It's not even sexual innuendo time. Like there's that scene where they go to uh, a mall and has the name of the mall. And the mall's named is Mall Rudd. And in parentheses, <laughs> it says the mall nobody hates. <laughs> and it's going to take place at, at a diner. And the diner is called Diner Threat, which... I, I mean, I loved it. It had the same minor threat style font, too. Yeah, they do They do a bunch of quirky, cool shit. And we'll talk about some of our favorite things a little bit later on. But what's the uh, what's the rundown of the plot here? Yeah, like I mentioned before, it's, it's the 90% sex and 10% crime. Yeah, uh, whenever they climax, they freeze time. And it opens after they get together. They don't start. It's John and Susie. They don't start a relationship, but they have their meet cute. They end up realizing that they both share this ability. They had met no one else like them either. So the first kind of people that they thought they were alone uh, in that ability. Yeah, the ability to stop climb uh, stop time by climaxing is not a common one. It's one that uh, only a few people have. So it's not like everybody in this world can stop time while climaxing. It's not like this world where everybody can do it. But Susie works at a library. Mm-hmm. It's being shut down due to lack of funding. John works at a job that he hates so much that he freezes time. And likes to take a shit in his boss's potted plant yep. to get revenge. Uh, later on throughout the series, you'll meet several beautiful, wonderful characters, such as uh, the porn star Jasmine St. Cocaine. Uh, you get a therapist man. You get the best friend Rachel. You get the villain aptly named Kegelface. Uh, and a uh, bevy of other people who end up being able to stop time by climaxing. And... Basically, that's how they bond is they not they like ability. That's how everybody bonds, Alex. They want to save Susie's library. They have this common need. Susie, because of her love for the library, and John just likes, I think, just to fuck over institutions and corporations and things like that. Yeah. This, and because he loves Susie and he wants to help. This her. book's really about saving libraries is what it boils <laughs> down to. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why it wasn't called Library Savers. Uh, Much better title. It would fly off the shelves. I don't know, man. I'm a big Parks and Rec fan, and I fucking hate libraries. <laughs> and I just want... I, I know that uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Starsky are thankful we're doing this podcast, because this book has only one in the Eisner, 
only won a Harvey Award. It was New York Times bestseller back when the New York Times did that for comics. But now they're going to get the henchman of comics bump, and they're, they'll see it on their next check. Yeah, they'll definitely get a, a huge increase from our followers here. Uh, our hench maniacs, as, as they're known. Um, most of you guys have bumper stickers and t-shirts and things. And tattoos. Face uh, tattoos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of you that have tattoos of Alex would be um, really saddened to learn that he has cut all of his hair off, and now he looks like a little bitch boy. That's an accurate description. <laughs> and I'd like to just to plead all the hench maniacs to please stop naming your child Matt and Alex. That's her first name. Yeah, it's Matt and awkward. Alex does not flow off the tongue. You can it's, just name them Matt or Alex, but not Matt and Alex. We don't want that responsibility thrust on our shoulders anymore. Nope. Yeah, we now refuse that. So if you name your kids that, we will sue you and them. So who's your favorite character in Sex Criminals? Uh, oh, shit. That's a tough one. Um, actually, no, it's really not. Uh, I think <laughs> I think one of the main characters, Susie. Is probably my main my my main favorite, and then after that is the porn star Jasmine Saint Cocaine, uh, just because she's so fucking mean. She's amazing too. She's not when they meet her. She's not a porn star. She is actually a retired uh, porn star. She's working at Princeton. She's a professor there. She has her doctorate, and she goes by Anna Kincaid and not Jasmine Saint Cocaine. It just goes to show you that all porn stars actually went to Ivy League schools, and she's not. She's not too happy about her past or people that approach her for it because she's made a new life for herself. Bitchy thought. My favorite character is not an exciting answer, but it's John, the protagonist. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, That's a jo- really lame cop out answer. John Slayers, the fact that he names his place that he goes to whenever he freezes time, come world, is amazing. The flashback scene when he's a kid and he has the kiss makeup on. Just little things like that. Yeah, the first trade, yeah. it's definitely John. It's a yeah. very John-centric trade. Well, and just John's sense to not only just get revenge uh, is something I, re- I really appreciate and admire. I always like revenge tales. And he has that like burden uh, or beat down inside him. Man, I feel like after the first or second trade, my like for John really dissipated. Yeah, I mean, it's because they have to create conflict in their relationship. Yeah, he just becomes and, kind of a yeah, wang, though. It's mostly John's fault. Exactly. How do you like somebody who's at fault? I like to be on the winning side <laughs> every time, 100% of the time. But what do you think makes this book special? Like, what is a series I know you and I both love? What makes it stand out aside from the the zany title and the abundance of nudity. Like what makes it more than just like a, a soft core porn, uh, put in a comic book. I thought it was only a soft core porn, put in a comic <laughs> book. I masturbate exclusively to sex criminals. Now that's why I love it so much. Um, I think the thing that really separates it apart from really any other title out there is it doesn't take itself seriously. It has fun. It's two guys that are clearly enjoying the art that they do. And they're just like, how many fucking jokes can we throw in there? So much so that at the end of every trade and at the end of every comic, like they throw in added jokes because they're like, our cup runneth over. Like, let's see how much we can make these fuckers laugh. It's a comedy tale. It doesn't take itself too seriously. The plot is whatever it is. Like, I don't give a shit what happens to these people. I just want to laugh. See, that's I'll read this book. one part. Or I'll disagree with you. Like, I really care what happens to these people. I think that's what makes it work for me, is the book has a lot of heart. I care about Joan and Susie. I want them to end up together. 
I like that they're two very different people that that fell in love as well. Uh, Susie's more goal oriented, more down to earth, and John John has problems, and he admits it. It's talked about in the books, and he tries as best he can. He does uh, see a therapist, yeah. 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 So it's an amazing balance between these hard R level jokes and humor all throughout it, while also balancing a lot of heart with two characters that you want to see get together in the end, just like those two crazy kids. Okay, I will correct myself. I don't care. I don't not care at all what happens to these people. I care very, very minutely. It is a very large undertone to me. And the only thing that I care about is that John and Susie end up together, which is so fucking lame that I care about that. (laughs) It's the lamest bullshit ever. But I do, and I like it. Uh, And that's really the only thing. Like, every time that they break up, spoiler alert, I'm like, man, they're, they're really perfect for each other. They both stop time when they fucking fuck and come at the same time. And it's, even though, I mean, we're speaking, I would say, rather crudely, but it's the language of the book and it's the language of the world we live in. It works really well. It's it's amazing how creative and how they can make you laugh. Like, it's not just full of dick and fart jokes, which it is. But they're clever. Like they still catch you by surprise. You don't know where the book is going. This book is the, the originality is off the charts. Yeah, there's one point when they're at the porn store, and if you, by all means, if you're ever at those scenes where they're at the the porn store, please pay as close attention as you can. Get out your magnifying glass because it's tiny and look at everything. There's a sex toy drive going on. There's all sorts of weird shit. There's funny porn titles like instead of "As I Lay Dying," it's "As I Lay Diane." Some yeah. great shit. It's funny, like Matt mentioned, there's a ton of dialogue in this book. It's a very story-driven book. But there's so much going on in the artwork that yes. it, it's easy to miss uh, so much stuff. They, they put a lot of love into this book. Do you have like a favorite moment, like a little goofy thing like that that like sticks out to you? It was what I I mentioned earlier, the the mall rud. The mall that the mall rud is, yeah. is really funny. Yeah. And it's not, that's not one of like the more tiny jokes, but like if you're not paying attention, you're not going to catch that shit. You might just see the word mall and be like, okay, I'm going to keep going. I think mine is one of those in the porn store and it's a porno DVD and it's called uh bro. Can you bro my bro hole? And I don't know why, but that just <laughs> fucking had me going nonstop. This is also too one of the rare stories where you'll have it somehow work as a storyline to where you get a brief parody moment of Hamilton and Spider-Man turn off the dark, the musical Yep. Combined with Howard Taft and the Hulk, and it all works. And you, you want more? You're like, I want more of my Howard Taft, Hulk, Spider-Man, Hamilton parody musical. Into into the few pages that you get, it's brilliant. That is one of my favorite moments of the whole fucking series. It really, really is. And it's interesting too because the book, it like Matt mentioned, especially in the beginning, it's very John and Susie focused. They are the protecting the story, but as the series goes on, fleshes out to other characters who issues are dedicated to just them and you care about those characters and it's kind of surprising because Matt and Chip are making this world much larger than what it was when you first read it. You think it's something very small and personal between just two people and it turns out as it's gone on that there's a much larger world out there that they're building. Dare I say there's about to be a sex war? (laughs) (laughs) Which is the coolest war that could ever Is that the worst kind of war or the best kind of war? (laughs) It's easy, it's hands down, put your hands behind your back, uh, the best war. Which reminds me of what, another one of my favorite moments. It's a very modern tale, 
uh, with technology and everything. And there's a lot of dick pics in this book. Uh, my favorite one <laughs> is most of them are just like normal ass dick pics, but there's one where it's got a little hat on, on the penis and it just fucking cracks me up. It's so good. Just a little penis hat. And what's great about it too, like it doesn't call attention to it. There's not like a line in the book, like especially like, Hey, look at this. It's just there. Like yep. if, if you're just browsing through quickly, you're like, I don't want to look at dick pics, whether they're real or whether they're cartoonish, uh, in your browsing through, you might miss it. But it, it's, those moments like we've talked about that make this book so fun. It's, yeah. So it's all about that art. Um, Matt does a great job writing and moving the story along quickly, but Chip really brings the whole fucking thing together. And that's the thing. I, I know the rights to this have been purchased by someone to make into a film or a TV show. And I don't have know if they really, yeah, I don't know if it'll ever happen, but that's one thing I think that we'll miss when it goes to live action is all the little jokes like that, that we've mentioned. Yeah. I hope not. I hope not. Because honestly, if you're thinking about like making all these little DVD titles and things, you can really do it up big. You hope so. I mean, it just takes, it'll take basically a production company that wants to spend the money. I mean, but we're getting, I mean, Microsoft word, (laughs) uh, whoever bought this, uh, the rights to this, come see us. We've we've got all the ideas. None of the money. Yeah. Well, our ideas aren't good either, but we have ideas. And we'll we'll need to be paid. Yeah. We'll need lots of money. Handsomely. Yes. We will not get out of bed for less than eight figures. But where do you hope the series goes from here? Basically, Mm. I'm feeling this. So, God damn it. Uh, this podcast is now officially over. Alex has ruined it for all of us uh, with his Blink-182 joke. It's now Blinkcast. Uh, I hope this podcast, or not this podcast, I'm sorry. I hope this book just keeps going. That's all that I hope for, is that it keeps going. I don't care where it goes. Take I'm on, I'm on for it. So you want it, it to be like Fables, to where it has like hundreds of issues like 27 volumes in trades tons of spinoffs a video game yeah give me yeah. a sex criminals video game and i will never wear <laughs> pants again i don't i don't need pants uh it's great it's it's perfect i'll follow it literally wherever it goes i don't care it's just really funny so i trust the hands that it's in given the the other titles that i've seen by these two guys yeah it's interesting too it's kind of the book that like we mentioned like we both love fractions run on hawkeye uh, and we've loved, like I mentioned, the Howard the Duck one I like a lot. And Matt's reading the Darcy Spider-Man run right now, too. But those were not series that we would have started without like reading this. And now, because of this series, and I mean, I'm speaking for Matt here because I assume he agrees, that we will now read everything that, that these guys put out from now on. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. They're both um, two of the funniest guys in the business if not the two funniest guys in the business. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think that there is a funnier comic out there. No, I, I would hands down say that there, there isn't. And, and humor is hard to pull off in comics anyway, I feel. And, and these two guys are just consistently every issue is fantastic. Yeah, they don't care about breaking the fourth wall. They'll do that shit. They'll do anything for a laugh, for a joke. They've even... They're, the stuff at the end of their issues is the stuff of fucking legend. Yeah, and that's what... Like, we talked about like the issues, but... In the trades, the graphic novels, they put so much work into the supplementary material, even just from like the dedications in the beginning. Like in the dedication of the third volume, it has this wonderful one that goes for Chip. Because look, chum, seriously, if I get this book back from the printer and I see you dedicated to someone else than me, I'm just saying we're entering murder-suicide territory. <laughs> help me, chum. Help me. Help us. Help. 
Matt. <laughs> to Sex Criminals Volume 2, you've taught me so much. I couldn't have done Sex Criminals Volume 3 without you. Chip. And that's just the dedication. And there's on every tray they have those cute little dedications. And they, they laugh out loud funny every time. Yeah. And the supplemental material in the back is also fucking fantastic. In one of the trades, they've got just a bunch of sex tips. And I'll read just a couple of them for you. So here's a sex tip for all you guys. Here's a couple. First one is uh, having sex in new locations can be exciting. Like when Neil Armstrong first fucked the moon. And another one. Don't feel bad if your partner needs to touch themselves and your best friend in order to get off. Just don't feel bad. Yeah, just, just great stuff. There's another one, too, where they make fun of the multiple printing runs and how their mature reader's label would look. And they have great ones that say, like, if you love Image Comics so much, why don't you marry them? Piff, you probably can't. Thanks, Obama. And then they have a lot of fake interviews that they clearly wrote themselves that are fantastic. I don't know. I don't know if they wrote those themselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they did because when they talk about the history behind the or sorry, the oral history of the Wide Wiener song, which is a great <laughs> moment in the fourth volume where these kids lose their minds over a hot dog truck. Like, yep. it is the greatest thing of all time, and they cannot contain themselves to have hot dogs. But, <laughs> like, you have the song from the ice cream van, like, ice cream, you scream, ice cream for ice cream. Matt and Chip allegedly wrote their a wiener song for it. It's in the book. And the last pages of that trade are all dedicated to an oral history. And Matt said it's not made up. So I'm really impressed that they got people like Philip Roth, Quincy Jones, uh, Michael Chambon, yeah, Quincy Jones, Robert Plant, Richard M. Nixon, even though he's dead. <laughs> yeah, he he made sure, and uh, I think they got a a medium to come back and interview <laughs> yeah. Richard Nixon. And they got all these greats to contribute to the oral history of the Wide Wiener song. Yep, it is 100% true and is 100% accurate. I highly recommend you pick it up. Yeah, this is seriously is a series that I recommend. Everyone pick up and read. All right, quick question, and I want your honest opinion. Is this in your top ten favorite books going on currently? Yes, without a doubt. Top five? Yes. Wow. I don't think it's in your top three, but I I would say I would imagine it's safely in your top five. Yeah, and it, it might be in my top three. I mean, like we've mentioned on our year-end podca- podcast, Saga is still my number one ongoing series. Yeah. But it, I have to get some thought. But yeah, it's safely in the top five. I'd say safely in the top ten, maybe in the top five for me. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of good shit happening right now. So before we sign off here, there's one more moment that I absolutely loved in this that I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up and uh, share some of our opinions on it. The creators actually came up in one of those fake interviews that we were just talking about and said that they were the uh, they nicknamed themselves the bad boys of comics, which is fucking hysterical and fucking brilliant. So I thought I would ask Alec what he thought a couple of uh, nicknames for us would be. And before you get into it, I'll just give you a couple of mine that I just thought off, off the cup, off the cup, off the cuff. Uh, <laughs> I thought we could, uh, we could start calling ourselves the uh, two hard boys with a Z. <laughs> or I, I thought we could also call ourselves Marvel's the Avengers. That's a pretty good one. I like naughty by nurture. <laughs> <laughs> I I can get behind that. I also like DC Comics presents Captain Marvel's Shazam starring Allison Brie, third fiddle on the hit show, The United States of Terra, currently canceled on Showtime. 
<laughs> that is our new nickname. If you want to go ahead and uh, figure out the acronym for that. We're going to have to create a super long email. I hope it's available on Gmail. I hope, I hope none of those are taken. I think we're fine. Not if I nurture copyright henchman of comics. <laughs> yep. Marvel's the Avenger <laughs> copyright henchman no. of comics. <laughs> Don't come after us, Disney. No, please, we are too small. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week's episode. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pornhub. <laughs> if you do find us on Pornhub, please send us those links because I am very, very nervous about about <laughs> Matt playing cameras in my house all of a sudden. <laughs> Don't be nervous. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. I'm Matt Fraction. Henchman ain't easy.